You're listening to the River City Church Podcast. Our desire is that you know Jesus, experience freedom, find community, and discover purpose. For more information, check us out on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co. Here's the message. Let's dive into the message. We're in Acts 27, Acts chapter 27, and uh, the message for you is detours, delay, and destiny. Detours, delay, and destiny. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I'm not particularly fond of delays. I'm not particularly fond of detours. We had, uh, a number of years ago, uh, we had a house in Surprise, Arizona, a growing community. That's where we had pastored uh, for, for six years. And uh, while we were there, towards the last couple of years, <laughs> the, the city undertook this project. One of the, the challenges with the city of Surprise, I, it was always funny because I didn't know what the surprise was. They called it Surprise, uh, and so it's Northwest Phoenix area, and uh, the, the only challenge with Surprise, wonderful community, great city, but they designed it where there was really only one major road going in and out because it was built along the other side of a highway and a canal, and so there was only one major road, and uh, they decided to close that road. Um, you know, there's just, there's just somebody that gets paid to think of stuff like that. And so uh, they closed that road actually to under, uh, undergo a project that ultimately would be very helpful. But uh, that when they closed it, uh, they set up a detour and it went about, I don't know, four or five blocks down the road, a significant detour around, but it detoured right past my house. And uh, I, I found over the next three weeks, just the first three weeks of the detour, there were more accidents happening just on that road than we had in the entire time we lived there, and it's because people have problems with detours. Okay, we're all on the same page. So this message is for anybody that's got a detour going on, or maybe some delays, but I believe that God's uh, bringing about his purpose and destiny, and we're going to talk about that. Acts 27, we're going to look at a detour that the Apostle Paul experienced, and uh, the Apostle Paul preached, uh, planted, not only wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, inspired and uh, moved by the Holy Spirit, but he planted churches all over uh, Asia Minor, all over the world. In fact, I personally believe that, you know, we, we have uh, the 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 heritage and foundation of Christianity even today in our nation because of Paul planting churches in every city he would go to. Everywhere he would go, he'd either have a revival or a riot. And one of the cities he always had on his heart to go to was Rome, the capital of the known world at the time, the, the Roman Empire. And so here it says that when uh, it was decided that we should set sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a man named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan Regiment. See, Paul was was not on vacation. He wasn't even planning a missionary trip. He was a prisoner. And he was going to get to the place he had always had on his heart, not the, through the method that he probably would have picked on his own. Uh, can I just tell, remind you that no matter what the method is, God knows how to get you where you need to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes the method looks a little bit different, but let's jump to verse 7 for time. When we sailed slowly many days, he's in a boat, he's a prisoner, and he's being carried on this vessel to Rome. It says they arrived with difficulty. Everybody say difficulty. So they had sailed slowly for many days and arrived with difficulty off Canitis, and uh, the wind was not permitting us to proceed. So we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Solmon, and uh, in verse 8, passing 
it with difficulty. There's that word again. You're going to see that a few times. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Uh, and when much time had been spent, he's, he's going to give a detailed, Luke, who's writing the book of Acts, is giving a detailed description of everywhere they're going. And you're going to see something. Everywhere they go, they either have a detour or a delay. Men, uh, Paul, in, in well, verse 9, now much time had been spent. Sailing was now dangerous, not just difficult, but dangerous because the fast was already over. Paul advised them and said, men, you know, I'm noticing something. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. But nevertheless, the centurion, the man responsible for the prisoners and this voyage, uh, was persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship. He was more persuaded by them than by the things spoken by Paul. See, Paul is going to a destination that God had purposed, God had planned, he had had in his heart. But, you know, I found this that, you know, a lot of times I think my life is going to go in a straight line. Uh, I'm going to go from A to B to C to D, all the way to Z, all the way to the destination, all the way to the place. But, but the kingdom often is a very different experience. In fact, just life in general often takes me from A to Q before I get to B. And I, I think it's going to be a straight line. I think I've got it figured out. But God's going to have a, there's going to be some redirection. And not only does God have a redirection, but sometimes we even see in the Apostle Paul's life that he faced spiritual opposition. He faced resistance. As I said, he often either had, if he didn't have a revival, he had a riot. Uh, the enemy would stir up crowds of people to try to oppose. And Paul would experience a lot of delays and detours, sometimes by the enemy, sometimes even by the the scheming of people, but here's the important thing. When God's leading you, when God's promised to get you somewhere, you're going to get there even though there's some detours, even though you've had some delays, even though you've had some redirection. I don't know if anybody in here has had some course corrections in the last year, but I'm telling you, when you're a detoured, when you've got God on your side, you're going to get to where he's promised you. And this is important because Paul recognizes while they're on this journey that things are not quite what they should be. Uh, and, and, and they're making decisions that are based on their own experience, their own understanding. And Paul says, you know, I perceive this is not just difficult, this is dangerous. The route we're taking isn't good. The, the direction we're going, but the, the guy in charge makes a decision to be more persuaded by the opinion of those uh, leading the vessel, and they were experienced men. They were sail, uh, sailors. They were helmsmen and, and the owner of the ship. They knew uh, on some level what they were doing, but they did not see the danger that was ahead. And see, sometimes God sees something ahead that we don't see. And sometimes the detour is necessary so we don't go the direction that would ultimately harm us or hurt us. And so God, God's redirection is always his purpose, his mercy, his goodness to something much better. Every no from God positions us for a much better yes. But I thank God, you know, there's some things that I may not see. We won't see this side of heaven. But I, I tell you what, there's going to be a day, I think, where God's going to kind of play back the, the, the video of our lives and go, see, look at, look at when you were trying to go that way and I kept you from going that way. When you thought that, would, that, that, that connection needed to happen, that relationship needed to happen, but I kept you from something, not to harm you, but to protect you. They were more persuaded, unfortunately, though, 
by their own experiences and their own human wisdom and didn't recognize the warning that was really coming from the Lord through the Apostle Paul. See, people are all the time led by and persuaded by their feelings, by their history, by their life experiences. As fine as those may be, uh, we ultimately need to have heaven's wisdom. We, we, we need to be careful that we're more persuaded by what God says than by even what the culture and the world around us say, even by people that we may even sometimes agree with, but their opinion's not based on godly wisdom, but based, see, I don't just pray for wisdom. I pray for heaven's wisdom. I don't just want, you know, a good idea, a good opinion. I want to hear the heart of God. I want to know what God's, because he's always, got, I, I found this to be true. God's plan is so much better than mine. And anytime I was persuaded by something less and kept the course, even though God told me to take a detour, it always didn't end that great. Uh, here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 4.23, New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else. Be careful what you like. Uh, allow to affect your heart because it will direct the course of your life. The course of our life is affected by what fills our heart. So on every level, that's why I have to be careful what I fill my eyes, my attention, my ears, my heart, my mind with because what I'm filling my life with is actually gonna be what persuades me the most. I, you know, it, it, it's it's not enough for me to just check off a box that I've read my Bible for the day. I've got to allow it to affect my heart so that I'm persuaded more by what God says than my feelings, than what I see, than what people think, than by what's going on around me, than by what's being dictated even by the world around me. Verse 13, let's go back to the story. When the south wind blew softly, so they, they, they continue their course, and now they have a gentle breeze which is perfect. It's exactly what they need. Just a little bit of wind, not a storm, not too much, just enough. And so at the start of this next leg of their journey, it looks good. Have you ever gone a certain direction and you thought, you know, this isn't probably where I should go, but it still feels good. This is still the course I, I probably shouldn't take because God told me, God warned me, God gave me that, that, that red light in my heart to say, this isn't the direction. But then we take a step and go, well, nothing bad happened yet. <laughs> it starts out with a soft wind. Supposing they had obtained their desire, they put out to sea and they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, not long after, the very thing that Paul had warned of, the very thing that God would try to keep them from, not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocliden. I, I don't know how bad. I've, I, I've been in some storms. You know it's bad when they give it a name. <laughs> And so when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of the island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. And when they taken it on board, they used the cables to undergird the ship, fearing lest they should run aground on Sirtis Sands. They struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, they're in a storm, the next day we lightened the ship. On the third day, we even threw the ship's tackle overboard, meaning that they threw overboard the very things that they would need because they thought they were going to die. And so they're trying to lighten the load as much as they can. Be careful what you throw away in your storm. Don't make long-term decisions off temporary pain. Don't, 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 don't sell a, a future for something temporary and short-term, for temporary relief. 
so, but it, listen, sometimes there is some baggage we do need to lose. It's keeping us weighed down. So I've got two points today, two very simple points, but the very first one is this, looking at the story. Number one, God is still God in the detours. God is still God in the detours and in the delays. It's moments of delay and detour that we feel like God's gone or God's, you know, not there. You know, there's, there's three reasons. If you're taking notes, there's three reasons for detours. The first one is this, distance. And that's what we see with these guys. Uh, they're, not, they're not heeding godly counsel. They're going a certain course no matter what. Uh, and listen, when, when there's distance between us and God's direction, God's presence, God's word, there's always going to be a detour. There's some detours I was led to and some detours I led myself. Those are the ones you want to avoid. Can I help somebody today? Those are the ones you want to avoid. The detours that you lead yourself into. So distance is the first one. The second is resistance. We see this with Paul. Paul would go from city to city and preach the gospel and many times would have opposition and resistance. And so some detours happen because there's a fight. You know, I don't know where we got this idea that for something to be God's will in my life, it would always be easy. Sometimes the presence of the battle is actually prophesying that there's a promise there. It's letting you know God's going to do something. And the devil's fighting you as hard as he can. The third one is what I want to focus on today, and it's providence. God's direction. Providence. Providence is a... Really an interesting word. It very rarely appears in English translations of the Bible, but it's a word that is assigned to this understanding of the, first it means the protective care of God. God's protection. I thank God for the, the moments that he protected me I didn't even know about. I thank God for the moments where I even made some dumb decisions and he still helped me through it. He protected me and sheltered me and guided me and brought me back. I thank God for his providence, his protective care that he said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Let me help you. The protective care of God. Isaiah 45, 15 in the Message Bible says, uh, clearly you're a God who works behind the scenes. <laughs> I, I think New King James says, you're a God that hides yourself. God who's formed the heavens and the earth. God whose power is limitless, whose presence fills everything. Your God, your God is faithful and he's not distant, but he's close. And that same God, the same God who measures the universe he's created with the span of his hand, that great God, it says he hides himself. But you know, God doesn't hide himself from you. He hides himself for you. He doesn't hide his promise from you. He hides for you as he's working behind the scenes. Because God's after something greater than just temporary relief. He's after making you into a world changer. He's after a promise and a purpose, and we'll see that. When God has a providential detour, it's because he's got something so much better that I would have missed otherwise going my own way. Providence means the protective care of God, but it also means, I want to give you this, the definition, this is a dictionary definition of providence means the timely preparation for future eventualities. Timely preparation. Do you know that God's at work right now preparing you for something you don't even know about? <laughs> He's preparing you today for something that you don't even see today. He's preparing you. 
I remember when I was serving Jesus at ASU, my seminary, Sun Devils. I'm at ASU, halfway through college, God gets a hold of me and changes my life. And while I'm there, I'm praying, okay, God, I'm praying for that woman of God you've got in store. She was in a place I had never been to before, filled with fields of corn, (laughs) with temperatures colder than anything I had ever experienced. (laughs) And I remember moments where I go, God, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that? I, I, I found some detours, but I didn't know in the detours, God was preparing me for something better. God was preparing me for a future and a promise. There were jobs I worked where I thought, why in the world am I here? Why am I doing this? I was meeting people that I thought, why in the world is, am I having this connection or this relationship? And in the midst of all of these things, God's providential purpose was preparing me for a day I didn't see. Paul has to go to a place called Rome. Let's... let's Let's never, I know it's, it's easy in the midst of delay and detours to think, God, what in the world are you doing? You know, there's, there's a story of, and, and I'll just give you this verse, Luke 1, I think it's verse 80, we have this in the notes. Uh, there's a young man, John the Baptist, he's called to be the one preparing the way of the Lord. He's the son of a priest, and priests spent their entire childhood an entire young adult life preparing for a moment they would start at age 30 where they would serve in the temple in Jerusalem. And they spent their whole life with other kids who are preparing for this, who are learning what you're supposed to do as a priest. And, you know, they, 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 they had a certain protocol and a certain process. But John the Baptist, God had something different than he had for any other one of these kids who were going to be a part of the priesthood. And his process looked different than anybody else's. In fact, it looked like this. The child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert. Wait, wait a minute. He wasn't in Jerusalem. He wasn't at the temple. He wasn't at any of the places where he should be normally prepared for a, a purpose to serve God as a priest. Instead, God sends him into the middle of nowhere into the desert. You know John's story. John doesn't get to wear the robes that the priest kids are wearing. He wears camel skin. He starts, he doesn't get to eat the, the food that the other kids are eating. He's eating chocolate-covered grasshoppers. Minus the chocolate. <laughs> and, and John the Baptist is, spends his entire season of his life preparing, and he spends it in the desert. It looks like a giant detour. Oh, but he was getting strong in spirit in that detour. Because it wasn't just enough that John would be able to serve as a priest and do the things that other priests did. No, he was actually preparing the way for the Messiah, for Jesus to come. And when John would speak in the middle of that desert of obscurity where no one could find him, where he had no business card, no billboards, no advertisement, no Facebook, nothing, the entire nation came to hear a message that would prepare their hearts for the Messiah. I wonder what God can do with your detour if you let him make you strong in spirit. 
I, I know we like to get out of the detour as quickly as possible. <laughs> God, God, get, the, you know, get me out of this situation quickly. But can I just tell you God's providential care? I, I look at moments where I, I literally prayed. You know, I think of, <laughs> I don't know why my brain works like this. I was, I was uh, damaged enough by, I was raised with country music. <laughs> Sometimes I, th- I thank God for unanswered prayers. Come on. We got any Garth fans in the room. Okay, good. Uh, but, but, you know, there's moments where I, I, I've asked God to, to change this or do this. I know God, I've seen God change things. I've seen God work miracles. I've seen, I've seen God redirect some things at the moment I prayed. But I've also seen some things where God said, not yet. Or I was waiting. And while I was waiting, I was getting strong in spirit. There's some things that I wanted to quit that God said, no, no, we're, we're not quitting. We're, stand, we're, we're, we're taking root. We're, we're, hold, we're holding on to a promise. And what that did was it prepared me for future eventualities. It prepared me for moments where I would have otherwise given up, otherwise would have quit, but I didn't because God helped me in the seasons where I didn't understand what he was doing. Child grew strong in spirit. I love this. Isaiah 42, 16. God said, I will bring the blind by a way they don't know. And I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. God knows how to get you where you need to be, church. He knows how to bring about in your life what we need. He says, these things I will do for them and not forsake them. Do you know the key, though, is right in that moment where Paul's on the deck of the boat, and he's saying, guys, I'm persuaded the course we're going right now is not the detour we should be taking. It's not the direction we should be going. This way is going to end in disaster, and they were persuaded by people's opinions, but how do you know the heart and mind of God? How do you know that God's working and that, that he has a different detour in mind? Psalm 119 tells us that what David prayed, he says, through your precepts, I get understanding through your word. He says, therefore, I hate every false way, every way that would direct away from God's purpose and plan. I even, I've come to the place that I even hate those directions. He says, I've, I've, listen, there's, there's a place you reach even in your walk with God where you go, man, I've gone down the wrong road enough. God, I'm going to stop choosing my own way. What do you want? (laughs) What do you want? Well, God, you set the course. I'm going to trust you. I don't understand right now, but I trust you. I don't see a way forward, but I trust you. It looks like a storm right now, but I trust you. It looks like a detour right now, but I trust you. See, he says the next verse, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's go back to the story of Paul. Verse 20, now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest or storm beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. And after a long abstinence from food, he's fasting, Paul stood in the midst of them and he said, I told you so. I know, Paul's one of those people. He said, many should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss, but I got some good news. He says, I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. See, how do you get through your detour? How do you know that you're moving forward? How do you know that God's going to get you where he's promised you? He says, I've got a God that I belong to. 
and that I serve. That's what directs my life. And right in the middle of even other people's redirection, God shows up. Even in, the, even in the middle of people's failure, God shows up and sets an angel by Paul and says, I've got good news for you, Paul. <laughs> Look at what the promise is from God. I want you to see this. Don't be afraid, Paul. Here's why. You must be brought before Caesar. That may mean nothing for you, but Paul's in a storm. But Paul has a purpose. And God's purpose is always greater than any storm you're in. If you've got a promise from God, that promise will get, not only get you through the storm. See, see, we, we got to catch this, church. God's promise is not just to encourage us, but it, it does something. It awakens faith to overcome the storm. It awakens faith to overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, John said. Well, we, we overcome by believing his word, by believing what he said. The God to whom you serve and to whom you belong, he says, you've got, you've got a purpose, Paul. You're, you're not dying here, Paul. And, and, and these guys are going to make it because they're sticking with you. Come on, there's some people that don't know how good they had it because they stuck with you. God, God blessed them just because they were in proximity. <laughs> God, God rescued them because they were in proximity. Church, I'm telling you, God's, God's care and providence looks like this. It looks like God getting you where you need to be. You have to appear before me in Rome, before Caesar. Indeed, God has granted you all those that sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men. I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. Is there some people in here? that believe what God has said? Come on, church. I, I know he's saying I can't believe, like it's a wonder thing, but I'm telling you, we need some believers in the house that believe what God says, what God's promise is, what his word has spoken, what the angel of the Lord brings to Paul and says, I've got something you need to know, Paul, that I'm gonna get you where I promised you to get. I, I'm gonna get you through. I'm gonna bring you through the storm. However, uh, we gotta run aground on a certain island. We got a detour. <laughs> Number two, final point. God's going to bring destiny out of your detours. God's going to bring destiny out of your detours. See, they ended up in a certain island. And it's a place called Malta. Malta's name literally means flowing with honey. And it's interesting to me how throughout the Bible, there's this language used of promise. Abraham, I'm going to give your descendants a land flowing with... You've read it. Okay, good. Joshua, I'm going to bring you and the children of Israel into a land flowing with... It's a promise. It's a promise from God, but can I tell you, the promise sometimes has giants that occupy that land. And storms that look like a redirection. And Paul ends up on Malta, where they had escaped. They come to this island. And this is, this is crazy. When they had escaped, they found out the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all feel welcome. So far, so good. Better than being in a storm. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat. 
and fastened on his hand. Like, I've had some bad days. I, I don't know if I've had days that bad. You know, Paul later would say, I've been beaten with rods. I've been whipped with 39 lashes. I've been shipwrecked three times. Like, this isn't even the only time that Paul's been shipwrecked. Three times. But he was a man who lived with purpose. And this serpent, this viper, is always there, but it's been undisturbed. It's under the sticks. It's under the brush. It's under the, and as they gather the sticks, this viper jumps out. I've got this rabbit in my yard. I showed you my dog last week. My dog is a hunter of one thing, one creature, this one rabbit. This is the only thing my dog chases after. I'll take him through East Park, Canadian geese. He doesn't care. He looks at him like, you can be my friend. You saw him kiss the deer last week in the picture. But he is after that rabbit. And I don't know why this rabbit does this, but it hides in a certain spot, totally concealed under this, this bush. And it holds totally still until you walk right next to it. And then it jumps. Every time. Like, it, it never fails. This thing sits there, and every time it does this, I think it's a snake. <laughs> it's even freaked out my dog, which I've used to great effect, sneaking up behind my dog, making him think a snake was there too. Anyway, pray for my poor dog. Okay. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he's gathering it, preparing for fire, and the moment he does, the, the fire reveals what's there. The fire has a habit of revealing, have you ever gotten close to Jesus and all of a sudden some stuff comes out of your own heart and life that you go, Where, where's this from? Well, it was there. It was just under the brush. <laughs> and, and what the fire reveals, it also can overcome. Because the viper jumps on his hand, bites him, and he shakes it off into the fire. See, the way to move forward from your detour, the way to move forward, no matter what people have said, done, who's hurt you, who's left you, who's misunderstood, no matter what's happened, the, the shame of your own mistake, whatever has attached to you, it's time to shake it off. See, the people around see Paul and they go, oh man, this guy's cursed. He was shipwrecked, and, and, and they form this opinion that, that they think they're, that the gods have cursed this guy because they wouldn't let him live. Like, there's got, this guy's got to be a bad dude. Because if the shipwreck didn't stop him, the snake's going to get him. And they know, because they know these vipers are poisonous, they know from their own experience that he should die. But Paul shakes off the serpent. I wonder how many people, look at verse 4, how many people are going to change their opinion of you, change their opinion off of, of God's purpose in your life the moment you begin to shake off what you've been carrying, the moment you let go of that hurt, the moment you move forward when life should have, should have stopped you. I've got one picture today. It's not of my cute dog. Jason, if you're in the team, I'll get ready. I, can we pull that up? I'm sorry. This is, I have to do this. This is a bull weevil. I know, it, my, my dog was a little bit cuter last week, but, but this, this, there's a reason I'm showing this picture. Someone, my son thinks it's cute. Oh, who said that? <laughs> that was, okay. So, so there's a town in Alabama called Enterprise, Alabama. And 
they have a statue commemorating this thing behind me. And this town's entire economy was built on growing, raising, harvesting cotton. And the bull weevil happens to like to eat cotton. And they had this massive infestation all throughout the South. And this town in particular had their entire harvest wiped out. And it began to affect, of course, the town, the economy, everything. They had a massive detour. But the reason they celebrated and built a monument to this thing that really was a problem is the problem didn't stop them, it redirected them. And they ended up finding out that in their area, they could grow peanuts. And so they planted peanuts the next year, and they began to totally change their town's economy, and were, they were in total devastation and poverty, they became prosperous. And they thanked the bull weevil. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, there's been some storms that I thought would stop me, but they redirected me. There's been some things I've walked through that rather than stopping what God had planned, God worked all things together for good. See, Paul shakes off the serpent, and that's not the end of his story in Malta. He needed to go to Rome, but he had a detour. And the detour ended up being a revival. They, they changed their opinion of Paul. They thought he was cursed, and now they thought he was supernatural. They thought something else. And they bring word to Paul that the governor of the island, his father-in-law, is sick. He's dying. And Paul goes and prays for the man, and, he, and Jesus heals him. Paul could have stayed at that beach and felt sorry for himself about getting bit by a viper. You know how I probably would approach that day, if I'm honest? Like, come on, seriously? Like, the storm wasn't bad enough. You know, I've worn these knuckleheads not to go this direction. Now we're here. And then a snake jumps out and bites me. Goes from bad to worse. I know nobody ever thinks like that. Nobody ever has a pity party in here. Nobody ever complains about their detour instead of recognizing even in the detour, God is still God. And God brings destiny out of detours. And Paul prays for this man, his father, and he's healed. And then it says, after he, Jesus heals this man, all of those who are sick on the entire island come. And Paul prays for them. And Jesus heals them. And the entire island has an awakening, experiences Jesus. An entire community is changed because of a detour. God brings destiny out of detours. Moments that we think nothing good could come of this. But I'm just telling you, with God, He can redeem God specializes in redemption. That's what he does. 
There's, no, there's nothing too hard for God. But I want to encourage you today. Let God bring destiny out of your detour. Would you stand your feet? Let me pray for you. We trust this message encourages you in faith and in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about River City Church, find us on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co.